TCL.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Minnesota sports fans, we want to hear from you. Your comments, questions, thoughts? Tweet us at Score North. Call us at 651 646 8255. This is Ventline on Why Score North. Even surprised? We do this every year. There's no reason for this to be a surprise to anybody over the age of 25. But they're going to run everybody back, you know, get the band back together. Like, yeah, duh, because that's what they do. Every team in this town is like this. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is it? Like, I, 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 don't, I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years and just don't hold yourself accountable, go hide in your house in Florida. Like, what is this? Get in front of the camera and at least make us feel that we that we matter, that we matter to you. Like, I'm sick of it, Bulldog. I'm sick of it. And with that, the Tuesday edition of Ventline underway, 651-646-8255. Zolgad and Declan Goff, as always, appreciate you listening either on Score North on 1500, perhaps you're listening on the uh, Score North mobile app, Apple or Android, or perhaps you are consuming us via the streams, Twitter, Twitch, and uh, Facebook. And uh, Declan Goff, we spent quite a while yesterday talking about the Vikings and the contract situation of Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. We ran a poll on that. We will get to uh, what the results of that poll were. There are some different things uh, Vikings-wise. We have a mock draft from Todd McShay to get to. We have a lot of good stuff. Uh, but before we do that, today I think, because we haven't done a lot on the Twins yet. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. The Twins have been in spring training for the last few weeks, and I think it's been pretty quiet so far. Uh, so there, there's not been there's an expectation that they're going to be good. I don't think there have been any major developments. I head down there on a Sunday, and we'll be doing the shows from down there. Oh, look at you. Monday through Thursday of next week, somebody has to uh, do it, and I volunteered to do it. So, Wait, well, as a volunteer basis? Uh, not really. So I... No, not really. Okay. It just sounds Just good. because I'm the number nine hitter here <laughs> does sounds... not mean I can't lead off. Can you bunt? Oh, I can bunt. I mean, we'd like to I move the hit, guy so over. Yes, I can bunt. We'd like to move the guy over. Yep. Uh, but I'll be doing Ventline and also Mac and Judd with Rami and our various other shows. I'm sure contributing to Score North Live as well uh, from Fort Myers next uh, Monday through Thursday before I come back. So I'll get a better lay of the land at uh, that time. But I thought it might be smart today. It might be wise of, of us to devote some time uh, to various Twins topics and how things are going so far for this team. And we would certainly, as always, like to hear from you on uh, the Coffee Club on Ventline, 651-646-8255. And I want to play the actually a game that we've played a lot regarding the Vikings through the years, but can be pretty much taken to any team in this market and certainly applies uh, to the 2020 Twins. And that is the game of confidence, concern, and curiosity. Confidence, concern, curiosity. And I want to start on a positive note, and I want your feedback as well. So what's your confidence in this Twins team? What's your concern? What's your curiosity? 651-646-8255 is the way to get a hold of us. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, I'm uh, at Jay Zolgad. You can certainly do that as well. And we will incorporate those as uh, as well throughout the course of today's show. But let's start off with something that we are confident in when it comes to the 2020 Twins. 
Line drive, that's Wallop deep left field. The bringer of rain with a lightning bolt to left. Confidence number one, Declan Goff, for me. And just to be clear, I think the baseball might not be as juiced this year. So I'm not confident that the Twins are going to uh, break the Major League record that they set last year, finishing with 307 home runs, and the Yankees finished with 306. But I am confident that this team is going to continue to hit for a lot of power. You've got Miguel Sano playing. He should be playing a full season, moving from third to first. You just heard a home run uh, by the offseason addition, Josh Donaldson, who's going to be your everyday third baseman. And then, of course, you have the return of designated hitter Nelson Cruz, who, yes, is going to turn 40 on July 1st, but he hit 41 home runs last season. And that was his most since he hit 43 in 2016. And when they signed Cruz to a two-year contract, or or actually it was a one-year contract with an option uh, in the winter of 2019, 18 into 19, I basically thought to myself, okay, he's a quality power hitter in the lineup. He's going to come here, and he's going to mainly help Miguel Sano hopefully mature and develop, which he definitely did. And then he's going to have some pop, and that's going to be good. Nowhere in my mind did I think a guy who was, at the time, 38, about to turn 39 on July 1st, was going to hit 41 home runs. So when you take into account Donaldson's addition... Cruz's return now. Sano, who I believe started playing, if I'm correct on this one, in mid-May of last year. So if he can stay healthy at first uh, first base and play a full season, Mitch Garver, if you take that, Max Kepler, heck, if Byron Buxton can play, he's got some pop, not a ton. This team is going to, I'm confident, hit for power. This team is going to continue with the baseball not juiced. Probably don't get to 300 home runs, but you're going to hit a lot of home runs. And so I remain confident that the formula to hit for power is there. That's confidence one. Confidence number two. A year ago, we would have never said this. Ever, I don't think. But it's pretty high. It's the bullpen. Taylor Rogers last year had 30 saves. He was fantastic for the most part. He had a couple of struggles here and there, but Taylor Rogers was very, very solid. You've now brought in Tyler Clippard, who was with Cleveland last year, a veteran right-hander. You've got Sergio Romo, who you traded for from the uh, um, from the Marlins last year. He is back. Tyler Duffy, if he keeps it up, Trevor May has been solid at times. Confidence number two for me, the bullpen. I think the bullpen is going to be very solid. It's going to have moving parts at different times. But if you look at this bullpen, this bullpen stacks up to be pretty reliable. And if you can get to the back end of this bullpen, depending on how guys are used, Declan, it's pretty doggone good. So power one, confidence Bullpen two. Agree so far? So far, I, I'm with you. All right. 651-646-8255. Confidence number three. Confidence number three is a guy that you heard at the outset of t- uh, today's show. 
And here he is on defense. Hammered. Oh, what a pick, Donaldson. He's coming home. And they get Murphy. What a play by Donaldson at third base. Josh Donaldson, not at the plate. Confidence, my third one, is Josh Donaldson in the field. I think this upgrade is potentially massive. Miguel Sano has a great arm. He had an uncanny, and I'll never understand this completely, but I know he has a definite athletic ability, Declan. He had an uncanny ability to go back on baseballs and make catches. It was very odd, because if you would ask me, at third base, what's the one thing you think Miguel Sano probably can't do? I would say track the ball behind him, but he did it. But when it came to the simple fundamentals of playing third base consistently and getting the baseball, I don't think I've ever seen a third baseman fall down as much as he did. And I was pretty sure, and I I recall, I think it was last spring or even before that, Wetmore and I fought about this. I kept saying, you got to move him. You got to move him off third base. And the one thing that... I didn't like about the 2019 Twins. I think the one thing that bothered me most about Falvey, Levine, and Baldelli was the fact that when it became clear too much of the fielding was suspect, they sort of just accepted it publicly. Now, privately, I'm sure it was a different story, but at some point in time, I wanted them to say, you know what, we can't do this. This and No, 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 this isn't going to work. We're, we're too good of team to just say, well, we can't really field all that well at certain positions, and so that's too bad. And so that was the one thing that publicly I wanted them to, they didn't have to rip people, but I would have liked them to come out and acknowledge, and they didn't. But the Donaldson signing at third base and his ability to be a reliable and good defender there, to me, is going to, when when we uh, talk about concerns about the starting pitching, and we'll get to that, and there are some, But that's going to be a major upgrade on the left side now with Donaldson, who it's not the third baseman doesn't have to have great range, but I've always contended he has to have some. And Miguel Sano's was definitely suspect moving right and left. Josh Donaldson's going to fix that. And so despite the fact that they didn't uh, get the starting pitching that they initially targeted Wheeler, Bumgarner, that group, I do think the current crop of starting pitchers that the Twins have in 2020 are going to be helped quite a bit by the fact that now on the left side of that infield, you've got a guy at third base who I think for the most part is going to make the plays. And you're not going to say or see a play or two where you say, what was that? And this is also where he's going, Declan. Josh Donaldson's going to get to balls that Miguel Sano simply could not get to. So Sano, Sano got dinged as far as the defensive metrics went, and he deserved that. But there were that's because he didn't get to some baseballs. He couldn't field baseballs that he basically should have. Donaldson's going to fix that. Starting pitching is going to benefit from that. And so, yes, watching Donaldson hit is going to be fun. He's going to hit home runs. It's going to help. But I think the intangible here or the hidden factor to this is at third base, this guy's going to make plays that in 2019 simply weren't made. I dig it.
I, I understand that Donaldson brings so much more than just his power to the lineup and his veteran savviness and an MVP award. He is a very sound defender, and it's something that's probably not talked about enough. My confidence is, and this one goes under the radar a little bit, but the catching tandem that they now have set up with Mitch Garver, Mitch Garver, excuse me, and Alex Avila. Now Garver, I don't believe is going to all just because he had a big pop out season. And, and look, he was deployed strategically by Baldelli and Fabian Levine. What just ninety games? I don't even know if he played in a hundred games last year. Twenty eight home runs. And I think everyone just assumes, oh, this guy's going to catch now one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty games, and Avila's <laughs> just going to get thirty games. No, 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 no. I would be shocked if Garver still catches more than 100 games. And Avila, your prototypical, ideal backup catcher. Gets on base, has a little bit of pop, defensively responsible. I think it's a very unsung, two unsung heroes on this Twins team are going to be how they deploy them. Mm -hmm. And just because Garver is still only playing in 100 games or so, I think that's a good thing. And his also his defensive shortcomings, I thought, were erased a little bit last year. He had a, he had a better year behind the plate. Oh, he improved himself. He met, no question. Every, he, he was a liability in 18, and his work between 18 and 19 made him um, a productive defensive catcher. Everyone knows that his bat can play. Clearly his oh, bat yeah. can play. Yep. But he, he made a big step forward defensively, and I think Alex Avila is a great backup catcher. And I like Jason Castro probably more than most, but Avila, in my opinion, is even a better version of of Jason Jason Castro right now. Actually, let's play out about uh, Garver. What you just said, because I've got this, I believe, in my curiosity um, file. Let's take this. So Gar- uh, Garver told us at Twins Fest that until Donaldson signed, he was working at first base too, and the plan was to have Sano at third base, and Garver was going to get time, not start, but he was going to see time at first base as a way to keep his bat in the lineup when he didn't catch. Because Cruz is your DH, and the expectation, I think, is if he doesn't DH, uh, Sano would. Garver did not dismiss the fact that he still expects to play first base occasionally. And let's look at what you got at first base right now, okay? Sano at first base starts there. Opening day first baseman. Marwin, right? But Marwin can also play some third he also can play some outfield. And keep in mind as well, depending on what you do with outfielders, Marwin Gonzalez played quite a bit in right and left last year. He might do that again. And so I would not dismiss the fact that, Declan, to your catching point, that there is a chance here that Mitch Garver still plays 15 games. Let's pick 15, not a ton, certainly, in a 162-game season at first base to keep him in the lineup on a semi-regular basis because the one thing that we know the Twins aren't going to do, and they've talked about this from the day that Rocco started, is what? Rest and recovery, right? Rest and recovery. So you're right. There's no way that they're going to tell Mitch, (laughs) you know what, Mitch? Suck it up and catch 130 games or something like that. Cruz is going to DH the majority of the time. I think you're going to find a way, though. I think they're going to get creative and find a way to get Mitch Garver at bats occasionally. First base, occasionally DH, too. I think those are his two other spots. And, And you also could have a situation where if Cruz gets a day off, which he will... 
you put Sano at DH and let Garver play first base. Exactly. I think you you can get really creative with how you want to use all these guys. If it comes postseason time, obviously Garver's going to be in the lineup every. He's going to be catching every day, right? I mean, that's just that's a given. But you can get really creative with how you use your first baseman, your DH, your catchers. This lineup is loaded, man. And they will though too. And so is the bench. Yeah. These guys aren't afraid to do things where when we look at what they're doing, we say, really? And it works out. I think Marwin Gonzalez, I, I talked to him about this last year. I think the first time he played, I think the first time Marwin Gonzalez started a game in right field last year was the first time that he had started a game in right field in his career. He had played, Houston had used him there very sparingly, I think, in emergency situations. But the point being is these guys from Baldelli to Falvey are not afraid to do things that are outside the box. Right. 651-646-8255. So those are our uh, confidences when it comes to the uh, Twins. 651-646-8255. Some tweets to get to as well. Some thoughts that uh, Declan's going to read in a second. But first, let's go to John. Hey, John, what's up? Greetings, fellas. Uh, I love the Twins talk. Keep it going for hopefully seven, eight months. Plenty more to come, Johnny. Plenty more to come. All about it. All about it. Uh, Confidence. Yeah, I saw a tweet yesterday uh, when he finished retooling his swing last year. Sano hit 25 bombs in 74 games or 24 bombs in 75 games. Mm -hmm. But essentially one every three, Mm -hmm. which that would be fun. You know, 55 on the season. That'd be nice. <laughs> I predicted 52, uh, and write that down. The, the home run edition last Wednesday, John, I said 52. Did you? Yes, well, I did. Yeah, I would, I would. you know, if he stays healthy for the whole season, I, yes. I'm confident that he will hit 50 for sure. He's, he seems kind of poised for that. Um, my other confidence, I, I am confident that Jose Barrios mm-hmm. will avoid an August swoon this year. Mm-hmm. I think that, that Jose and the team are all kind of on the same page. Uh, I think, obviously, he's giving quotes that they finally got to him about, you know, what he needs to do, and I think Wes Johnson especially is uh, is looking out for him. So I think we're going to see a full season of potential ace-level pitcher, and I know that's kind of what we've been saying is, do we have the ace suites? we didn't get the impact high-end pitcher on the roster already. Is that the authorities uh, coming for this take, John, behind you? Uh, no, no, no. That's a fire truck. FDNY, baby. They're putting out the fire. It's too hot over there, John. Somebody might be an actual danger. <laughs> I, don't know I think it's you, John. I think it's you. No, I, uh, I, I'm the, you ever seen Bubble Boy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's me. That's you? I'm, Nothing wrong yeah. with that, John. Nope, yep, my, you know, as soon as I knew I was going to live in a big, scary city, I, I bought myself a 12-foot uh, wide uh, bubble, especially with this whole virus thing. I am, you guys, I'll be here until uh, me and the cockroaches. Be careful, John. Be careful. Yeah. All uh, right. My last yeah. thing, confidence-wise, yep. is I think the Twins are going to win the division. And I know that Mackey said this, but I think the Twins in the ALCS are going to beat the Yankees in Minnesota. I think Rom I think Rami and Mackie both talked about I can't John, I can't get there yet until I see them actually I win a playoff it. game against the Yankees. 
I admire your optimism. Yeah. I just can't get there yet because I was I was so convinced that they had such a good chance uh, in the ALDS last year. And to go and to be the only team that gets swept has left me a marked man. I I've got to see that next step. I've got to see at least that victory. Yeah, I mean, I will say that I like the fact that the bullpen is going to return a lot of the guys from last year who were shoving, and they're going to know to expect to you know be listening and maybe be able to tune out any comments about their wives, children, girlfriends, family. It's rough out here. Everybody should get a bubble. It is very rough. Thanks, John. Talk to you later. Thanks, Johnny. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Let's see here. There we go. So, the Burrios point, I'm very curious about and interested about. And I guess this this does fit into the curiosity aspect, Declan, which is, I think the Twins, I think we are all thinking, okay, are, in July, are you going to get a top... Uh, flight starter, the best available starter on the trade market this year because you didn't last year. And and you deserve to be criticized for that, and you were, Dex. But I think in fairness to these guys, and they've got some time here to do it, and I can't blame them, they want to see what Barrios does in the first three-plus months this year because I'm not convinced that he still can't become that guy. I, I think you've got a lot of people who have bailed there, and they're like, hey, he just can't. He's just a number two. This, to me, is the defining season. If he doesn't do it, if he goes into the August swoon, as John said he just thinks he won't, if Jose Barrios goes into the August swoon again, then I'm done. I mean, he's still good, but I'm done in saying he can be that guy. But I, I'm i going to give him the first three-plus months here again to put start to put together a season where you do see him going from being an effective starter who has had one bad month, largely because the team's contention is he's tired out, to a guy who puts together a season where you talk about him in terms of uh, being a Cy Young contender. Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm still willing to go there. Well, and the thing with Jose is, as John says, he can he can really break down as as the year goes on, and that is concerning. In the first half um, of his career, you know, Jose Barrios has an ERA of three point seven. After the All Star break, it jumps to four point eight. Yeah, and. and, and- August of last year, as I recall, was off. Look, and look, guys do break down. By, by September, no one is healthy. No one is as effective as they were in, in April. But for me, on my concern list, the perception of what they believe in Jose Barrios is a concern to me. I think he is a number 2 starter. He's a above average, very good starter that any team would love to have in the top half of their rotation. But if things go hairy with her, Jose Barrios... And I'm also going to loop in Taylor Rogers to that too. If hmm. one of those two gets hurt or one of those two is ineffective, I think it ruins the whole plan and it, it does no longer sets the tone for your bullpen and your rotation. And now you are in serious, serious trouble. Injuries change everything. Sure. I'm with you on that. But when it comes to Brios, I'm willing to give him, I'm willing to see if this, this alteration in his, in his offseason work has changed things. I'm willing to go down this path one more time. And after that, I'll declare him a really good number two starter. But it's so hard to develop, and there are so few. They're like good quarterbacks, true number one starters. And I'm not talking about, Brios is the Twins' best starter. But we're talking about guys that established themselves in that group of, what's the group you think, eight? Yeah. 
10 tops right yeah where you're just like ace that guy is, is sure. an ace I'm, sure. I'm willing i'm willing to go down the path one more time of saying all right you've got time to prove this after this it's done so the game is twins confidence concern curiosity still have concerns to go still have uh, tweets to get to as you chime in on ventline and of course if you want to call in like john just did 651-646-8255 651-646-8255 it's judd Score North download Declan Goff taking you through event line right now. Score North Live coming up next with Rami Makhlouf and Matthew Collar. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available right now at scorenorth.com. Play 12, 18 hole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just one low price of $75. That's a $435 value for just $75. Supply is limited. Visit scorenorth.com, keyword deals to purchase and learn more. Also at scorenorth.com and the Score North app is 10 Twins prospects who could make their debut in 2020. Maybe Alex Kirloff, maybe Johan Duran, Nick Gordon. My money, Judd, is on big boy Brent Rooker. His power is for real. He's 25 years old. He's probably exhausted most minor league at-bats at this point. He's buried on a very good lineup and on a very good Twins team. But if the first injury comes about, comes about my money's on Brent Rooker to come up here, hit some bombs, and establish himself as a big boy hitter. That's my guy to come up and make a big impact. I think he's going to hit, in 2021, 35 to 40 home runs. I, I think that's legitimate. For the Rockies. Yeah. For the Rockies? What, are they going to get John Gray? They'll trade him. Okay. I, I'm not on Did you like that curveball? I'm not, yeah, I, I did. Feel a curveball there. I'm not, I'm not on board with the John Gray train as much as feeling you are, so I don't know how I feel about that. 651-646-8255. We're talking uh, twins today. We've got our confidences, which we just ran through. We've got concerns and curiosity when it comes to the 2020 Twins. Again, if you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. You can also uh, shoot us uh, a tweet. You can find me at Jay Zolgad. uh, Declan is at Dex, D-E-X-S, tweets, plural, D-E-X-S, tweets, and uh, also at Score North. And uh, if you'd like to chime in verbally but don't have time to call, you can always leave us a mic drop message on the Score North app. All you have to do to do that, download the app, tap Mic Drop in the menu, and leave your uh, thoughts, and we will play them either immediately if you want to call during the course of the show, or if you call after we're done today and Score North Live is on, guess what? We'll play it tomorrow. Uh, Vent line weekdays 11 to noon. Again, that's the Mic Drop message on the Score North app. Download the app, uh, tap Mic Drop, and you will find yourself able to leave a message with your thoughts. Do we have some tweets, Mr. Declan? We do. We have a lot of tweets here. We'll go down a list of them. AJ McKinnon tweets in at Tobin41. He's confident the Twins will win the division. He's concerned about Buxton. And he's curious if the GM will trade a top prospect or two for an ace at the trade deadline. All very fair. In fact, uh, in fact, my first concern is the same as his in this guy. Oh, Buxton swings and drives one to left field. That is gonna be gone. It sneaks over the wall into the second row of bleachers, and that is going to make Ryan Merritt's line look a lot worse today as both of those runs come in to score. They are his responsibility. So three earned runs. Three run- Byron Buxton's a perfect one. Byron Buxton's an absolute perfect concern because this is, the to me, if you were to pick the top two or three things that impact the potential success Sway the success of the 2020 Twins. This is Ventline. Whoops. Score North. Hey, Minnesota Sports. 
Are we back? I think we're back. Um, if you go, apologize for that. If you go and look at some of the top things, top two or three things affecting the Twins, Byron Buxton, ladies and gentlemen, played in 87 games, only 87 in 2019. During the first half, he played in 73 games, hit 253, which is not great, but he's such a nightmare on the bases, it's fine. 24 doubles, nine home runs. But, of course, he spent uh, too much time on the injured list. And in the second half, he played in only 14 games. September 10th of last year, placed on the 60-day injured list uh, and underwent eventually surgery for a torn labrum in his left shoulder. I think that that one is exactly correct. Byron Buxton is a concern because if he can take himself off that list of concerns, Declan, he becomes a dynamic nightmare on the bases best center fielder in the game, saving you runs in the field type of guy. Exactly. And you know, being an octopus here in the producer's, producer's chair, I was answering a phone, I was playing a break, I was trying to turn the mic off. I need like a third hand to do anything. Like Byron Buxton, he needs like nine lives. I need a third arm to do everything. Are but, you going on the 60-day IL? Uh, uh, no, just 10-day. Oh, Excuse me, seven-day. Seven-day IL. Judd, my gosh. I'm rubbing off on you right now. 651-646-8255. Let's go to uh, Joe. Joe, you're on the Coffee Club. What's up? Thanks for holding. Well, I just like to draw an analogy. The difference between the Vikings and the Twins. The Vikings have a tendency to say Zimmer makes all the decisions. Spielman has to say yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, to anything that, that the coach wants. Look at the Twins. Management, that is, you know, Farley and, and uh, pick, they pick the players. And Barocco just puts them in place and makes them win. Which we, which makes more sense to you? It seems to me that that, that uh, Zimmer should be not picking the players. I think you'd have a better better balance if they let let management pick the players. And it just doesn't seem to work that way. Thanks, Joe. Okay, that's a, an interesting direction. I I think that. <laughs> I think that uh, um, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine and Rocco Baldelli, who was brought in a couple years ago, if Joe's point, and I think it is, is they seem to be far more on the same page, I think that's absolutely correct. And yeah, we talked about this when when it came to the Vikings yesterday. The Minnesota Vikings probably need to have an offseason where Rick Spielman, unless he's lost control of the 53-man roster decisions, and I don't think he has, calls in his coach and says, here's what we're going to do. But what we're seeing in sports now, and Derek, Thad, and Rocco have this, and you're seeing this, and it's more and more important, is everybody on the same page. So they're all in in uh, lockstep. lockstep, unison. That is becoming the thing now. And for a long time, it was, you know, GM goes and shops for the goods as either dictated by the coach or he gives the coach what to work with. And I think what you're seeing twins-wise, and I think what you might see long-term, although I can't decide yet, wolves-wise, is that. More tweets? Yes, we do have some more tweets coming in from uh, from us at Score North. You can tweet at Jay Zolgad, at Dex Tweets. Sam Nord tweets in at Samuel Nord. My concern is they might win a playoff game and ruin one of the greatest losing streaks in sports history. Which he's not wrong. It, it is absurd. I am 17 now? I believe it's sixteen, seventeen, and it okay. is the longest. I am twenty. It is the longest. I'm twenty-seven years old. I was eleven the last time the Twins won a playoff game. I had to force my mom to stay up to watch 
the uh, extra inning win at Yankee Stadium in Game 1 of the 2004 ALDS. And I bet you never ever thought that you would be 27 and... Thinking to yourself, I would go. 15, this is the last time yeah. I'm going. To I'm going to go 15, 16 years without seeing another playoff win, and I'm sure someone's like, "Oh, you, that, that's not even nothing." I'm a Cubs fan, and I went 100 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for curse to be broken, but that does not mean that I'm not in pain watching my well, team lose playoff games. But you're not saying a playoff series. You're saying a, play, I want a, win. a win. I want. A, I want a playoff win. That was my, that's my bar. That was my point to John. My point to John is. And when Phil and Rami talked about the Twins getting past the Yankees this time and getting to the ALCS and all that good stuff, I need a win first. I got to see a win. Can you go into, you had every opportunity last year in the American League Division Series to get one win. Just one. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, if my old mind serves me correct right now, Dex, that every didn't every other Division Series go like five games? Everybody in, won at least one game. It, it oh, was in this it last was the, year in, in yeah, the postseason. The Twins MLB. got swept. I yeah. thought everybody else went something like five games. Yeah. They can't even get one. We were asking for one. Just wanted a playoff one. 651-646-8255. Confidence, concern, curiosity when it comes uh, to the Twins. Up next is Keith. Hey, Keith. Hey, Judd. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. Um, except for, I, I have to disagree, the bullpen is not that great. I mean, other than other than Rogers, they're all average at best. And I think you need a. I think really to to accomplish what you'd want to, you need another complete shutdown reliever, and we don't have one. Um, Duffy's okay. He improved um, a lot last year. To his credit, Keith, he improved a I, lot. I'm with so. you. There was a time I didn't trust him at all. Right. And and Trevor May, yeah, at times he looks good. At other times he looked – last year he looked horrific at times. Yeah. Like almost to the point of should we release him? Um, I mean, they all have ERAs, you know, between three and four, even the guy we got from Cleveland. They're all around three. But for for the I, – I don't know. I, just, I think you need another shutdown guy, whether it's an eighth-inning guy – or a guy that can go two innings. But all these guys, other than Rodgers, to me, they're average and, and no better. And and I think their stats prove that. Who do you trust, Keith, in the bullpen right now? Who would you trust? Rodgers. Romo? I mean, do, do, do you think he did that great last year? He, he did okay. Again, okay. But there were times where he got rocked. I'm, I mean, he throws that floater right over the plate, and years ago yep. it was fooling pitchers or batters. Now it doesn't doesn't look like it to me. So what what's your greatest confidence in this team right now? Power, power, power. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Keith. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate the call. See, that's and that's where I'm with Keith. There. I love our callers, by the way. Yeah, they're great. I I come on. I'm like the bullpen. I really think it's going to be good, <laughs> and. and I'm not criticizing our callers. I actually love them. Yeah. But Keith is echoing exactly what I'm talking about. One slip up to Rodgers, and all of a sudden this bullpen is not nearly as good as I think people think it is. And I'm going to eat my words, too, because last season at BringMeTheNews.com, a past tenure of Declan Goff's life, multiple times, I thought this bullpen going into 2019 was going to be very, very good. And it was very up and down. They'd go through stretches where they looked really good, beating up on the Tigers and Royals, mind you. 
And then they'd have to go play some big boy teams, and they got rocked a little bit. And I like Sergio Romo probably a little bit more than Keith is echoing. I think Tyler Duffy is as taking a step forward. But one injury to Rodgers, and I am not but as confident just, late inning and, oh, and in sure. high leverage situations. Let's, let's let's say that people don't get hurt because in injuries sway they change things greatly, which is why I think Buxton. If Buxton can play, your team look at how good you are defensively. If Buxton can't play, who plays center field? But with Bu- is that guy any good? But let's just say that the I will say this for the bullpen. It's taken me a long time to get past thinking Tyler Duffy is Tyler Duffy. And last year you finally saw that. And I saw that enough, Declan, where I said to myself, no, this guy's good now. This guy is good. So, yeah, I mean, if if Rodgers, yes, if Rodgers gets hurt, you're exactly correct. Then it changes the entire dynamic. And then and then who is your key um, uh, closer? Or I guess closer is not the term in 2020. It's shutdown guy. Who is the guy that you bring in? If he gets hurt, and I don't know exactly, my guess is Romo. I'm not sure, but I do think that this is a starting position to me of more strength. Is this the Royals bullpen a few years back when they went to the World Series and essentially had three shutdown arms? Absolutely not. No, I'm not trying to say that. But if I'm, but if I have a confidence in this team as far as pitching goes, I do like the front end. I like the first three. As you start the season now with uh, Kenta Maeda being acquired from the Dodgers of the starting rotation and the bullpen. 651-646-8255. Ventline, we're talking twins, confidence, concern, and curiosity. Hi, Nolan. What's going on? I'm just talking about the biggest concern. is my Mine is the twins pitching before the eighth inning. You know, I think the lockdown guys, you got Romo. Rogers, and then we got Tyler Clifford, who I think is really undervalued. Mm-hmm. But other than maybe Maeda and Odorizzi Barrios is just too spotty, and you got to fill that fourth and fifth role with Rich Hill, maybe, and then Homer Bailey. But Rich Hill's not available till July. So. Yes, I agree. So that's a big concern for me. Thank you, sir. Uh, I am I am with you completely on that one. And Rich Hill, as far as I'm concerned, anything you get. So let's go back-end rotation. Pineda comes back, I think, in mid-May. And you know what? Before he got pinched in the suspension last year, pretty good. Is he going to come back and be the same pitcher? I don't know, but I think he might come close. I liked him. To me, anything that you get from Rich Hill, who is, I know, statistically very good, but Declan, he's almost 40, Right, is gravy. And John Heyman had an update uh, kind of on him this afternoon saying that he went that primary repair elbow surgery in October and says he feels fantastic and is on track to pitch in the bigs in June. And right. Heyman notes, the Twins pitching is more solid than folks realize. Barrios, Odorizzi, Maeda, Bailey, Shashin, and Pineda in May, followed by Hill. That's fair. Right. Bailey, um, I'm curious on. Yeah. So Bailey was with the Royals to start last year and was not great. He got traded to Oakland, and Oakland saw something and fixed something. And the Twins whole thing, in fact, that Lavina Twins Fest talked about this during a fan forum in depth. Basically, he talked about the Twins' current fascination with going to what they considered to be, he didn't say this, but I will, the the garbage heap of pitching and peeling guys off and fixing them. Right. But that, of course is Perez from last year, Martin Perez. Yep. And so then the question becomes, all right, let's say Bailey starts the season as your four, and let's say he's really good for two months and tails off. 
which you have to be prepared to do, and I think they are, but the preparation has to be there to bail then. Exactly. You can't just stay with that guy. I thought that they tried to rehabilitate Perez in 2019 a little bit too much. It worked great for a while, but then it started to go south, and I thought, you got to bail, and they finally did. But guys like Bailey fall squarely into that. The question being, as a four-starter, how much can you get? And just as importantly, how long? 651-646-8255. Ventline is the show. Confidence, concern, curiosity when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. This is Ventline on Score North, the Score North app. Ventline rolling on for one more segment, but be sure to vote. For your random Minnesota athletes, our bracket is out. Polls are up. Retweets and likes are being made. The latest one was just out, Judd. We got a yeah. one and an eight seed here. Matthew Lecroy, probably a fan favorite to take home this award. Made the late Frank Robertson I, cry in Washington. He's going against. Remember that? He's going up against number eight, mm-hmm. Jamie McLennan of the Minnesota Wild. Oh! Your first inaugural goaltender. Do you know what Jamie's record was in 38 games of the Wild, Judd? 38 games. I have no idea. Five and twenty-three. Was it really five and twenty-three? Last time I checked, I think he was um, a television analyst, and he actually played for a long time. Yeah, he was into the two thousand tens, if I remember, too, for a little while. So, was the first wild goaltending tandem? Was it Manny and Jamie? Yeah, Manny Fernandez, and, and then, then Jamie, and then Jamie got replaced by Dwayne Rolison, right? Yep, and then Rolo and Fernandez. So, yeah, Minnesota Random so, Athlete Challenge. That's one. That's one eight. of them. That's and, a one versus eight. And where can people vote? They can go on Twitter to vote for that. Uh, retweets and likes, and there's also polls that are being put up right now by our own social media, Seth. So go out and check it out. It's a great bracket. And we are in, as always, the TCL Broadcast Studios on until noon. Score North Live with um, Rami and Collar and Declan comes up at noon. We're talking twins, confidence, concerns, and curiosities. Let's go to Mark. Hey, Mark, you're on the Coffee Club. Hey, what up? So my concern kind of dates back. I wanted to call in with this a few weeks ago, but it's uh, Kenta Maeda. Uh, partially because he's a pitcher who's never thrown more than, what, 160 innings in a season. And we're supposed to count on him as an innings eater, but he's never really eaten a lot of innings. Fair. And my thought was, when the trade first happened, if this trade had happened in July, would anybody be happy by it? <laughs> You know what? That's a very fair question, and my gut response is I would have been underwhelmed at that time. But that's because I want. That's because I th- felt and thought they needed to get a top line starter at the deadline. And Kenta Maeda is a number three. And we've got a whole staff of threes. Uh, I, you know, okay. That's where, and appreciate the call, Mark. That's where I'm not so sure that that's fair to say about Barrios. I think Barrios is a two right now. With another, with potential to get to a one, sure. Odorizzi, I'm the jury's out to me. Two or a three is fair. Mm-hmm. Mark's not wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenta Maeda in four seasons with the Dodgers pitched 175 and two thirds innings, 134 and one third, 125 and one third, and last year 153 and two thirds. So his high was. As a as a rookie um, at the age of twenty eight with the Dodgers in two thousand sixteen sixteen and eleven record three forty eight ERA thirty two starts uh, in thirty two games and that is the only year with the Dodgers that he actually started every game in which he pitched and again one hundred seventy five and two thirds innings. What's your Buxton point? Sir? Okay, yeah, it was off the the caller from Wyzetta yeah. who came called in and 
my point with Buxton is even if he's not ready for opening day, I'm not really concerned with a the Twins lineup without him. And yes, I'm not going to pretend to say that his defense doesn't matter because when he's on the field, he's arguably the best center fielder in the league. But I feel okay with this team if Buxton is injured. In fact, they won 101 games with him only playing, what, 80 of them. If Taylor Rogers goes down, now all of a sudden I am panicking in the bullpen. Taylor Rogers' absence to the bullpen is much more magnified than Byron Buxton's absence to the Twins lineup and their and their defense. So, with Buxton, you already know he can't stay healthy. And if you're just going to give him three more years of team control and then let him walk in free agency, he'll be, what, 28 years old? And even if he starts playing in 100, averages 100 in games or so in the next three years, someone's going to come around that's probably faster and probably as good as a center fielder as Byron Buxton is right now. So on I, your roster, though, not on my roster, right. but you can find it. You can find it. So my point is, Buxton's absence is not as big of a deal if Taylor Rogers, where if he were to get hurt or if he was ineffective, yep. now I'm scrambling. If Rogers got hurt a lot, then I'd be concerned, but he doesn't, so I'm not. The Buxton dynamic isn't that you can't win the American League Central without him, because I do think you're right. You can win the division without him. But the Buxton point that's so important to me is Byron Buxton's a difference maker for how far that you can go, period, as a playoff team. If Byron Buxton can play, you know, he hit 253, Declan. 253, not great, and still made an enormous difference because every time he gets on base, teams don't know what to do. And he can score from first base. And his defense, my other concern is if he's not in center field, who is? Jake Cave? Yeah. And here and here's a sneak here's a sneaky concern for you. Here's something I'm not going to dismiss. And the twins, I get it. They're very cautious. And I actually appreciate that at times. Being a cautious guy myself. But you know who I'm a who I'm a little bit concerned about until I see this pass where it's not a problem? This whole thing with Max Kepler and whatever type of strain he had in his upper back, basically around his shoulder last year, that sidelined him. And then they started off spring training again being very cautious. And I get it. They were cautious with him. They were cautious. They've been cautious with Polanco. They've been cautious with uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who had some type of off-season procedure. So this is not exactly alarming that the Twins are being cautious. But I want to see Kepler get clear of this thing entirely. Because Max Kepler is another guy who is, he is incredibly important to your success. And I don't want to see him have to play center, but that whole thing was very odd that he had this, that he couldn't get past this. I don't know if you'd call it a twinge or beyond that. And I don't think that we know fully what that was, but that's a quiet concern of mine that they were, that the twins felt that it was serious enough to start spring training, that they couldn't roll him out for a few weeks. And clearly, I think it might have started, in, I think it was that crash in Anaheim in early June, late May. Remember when he had that awkward crash against the wall where and he that, tried to rob a homer in like a, in a game the Twins were winning by like 10 runs and, you know, then. That was the game after they got rained. They got rained out, had to stay for a day game. And it, the Twins were up by a ton, you're right, and it was the most ridiculous thing. Oh, and that's my other thing too. 2020, can the Twins just, instead of ads, Target Field, just have a sign on the wall, don't crash into me. Can we just stop? Yeah. Can we stop crashing into All right. Ball hits the wall in a regular season game. Unless it may unless it's going to cost you in the ninth, 
Ball hits the wall, bounces off, you play it, you get it back in. You know, for it's amazing, Declan, for as little as management was concerned about team defense last year, why the hell were all these guys crashing into walls? Miguel Snow would, the ball would be hit to him, he'd fall down, it would go through, everyone would be like, ah, that's Miguel! Right. And meanwhile, Byron Buxton's acting like he's going to, you know, he he at one, at one point tried to climb the chain-link fence portion of the wall at Target Field yeah. and fell off it and had to leave the game. Right. Regarding Kepler, I thought that he was taking such a step forward last year, offensively, finally, right? Everyone was waiting for that breakout season. And after Nelson Cruz, I thought he was the most important part of that Twins lineup. And then he got hurt, missed most of September. They they rushed him back maybe for the ALDS, and he clearly was not the same player. But he is another integral part to that lineup, and they locked him up early. I mean, he's here for, what, five more years at a, at a bargain? If, if he's going to put up 35 homers and 100 RBI and have an 800 OPS, I'm all for it. Um, but I'm also curious if they put him back in the leadoff spot, too, or if he's back in the middle of the order. I think it might be... Uh... Arise. He's I think Arise he might, is, your, is your old school leader. I think he hitter. might get the chance there. And actually, I didn't get done with my uh, curiosities. So we'll get to this tomorrow. But the Arise one to me is a very interesting one. I think there's a lot of assumptions about him that we should probably tread a little bit more lightly on. So we are uh, done. Ventline will be back tomorrow at 11. As always, we appreciate the phone calls today. And again, if you want to leave a mic drop, that would be great. Or tweet at us, and we'll always work in the tweets as well. Score North Live with uh, Rami and Collar and Declan up next.